Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. If you're a Yankees fan like me, I, I, I don't even know. Like, I was just having fun. This is what I get. I was having fun with the Jacob deGrom has a little soreness in his side thing that came out of Texas Rangers camp when he reported. But now, Aaron Boone is telling reporters now as pitchers and catchers are arriving in Tampa for spring training with the Yankees that Frankie Montas will have surgery. Yes, the newly acquired pitcher will have surgery on February 21st. He's had a a shoulder issue. He's continued having a shoulder issue. And there was some expectations that he might need uh, surgery. That He was expected already to miss the first month of the season. And it's not necessarily season-ending, apparently. We're just getting all the information right now. But the fact that he's going to now have surgery which probably, at least you hope, will correct the issue in time for a return for the second half, maybe? I, I mean, it's a big story. So a guy that they signed. Jeff Passan is saying that he possibly could miss the season. There's other reports saying that they don't think it will cost him the season. A lot of conflicting reports. The bottom line is is that the guy, a pitcher that they signed to be the number two next to Garrett Cole, is not available for the they knew he wouldn't be available for the first month now he's getting surgery on his shoulder and could possibly miss the entire season that is just unbelievable that's right this is from last year this is that's right my head's spinning right now I'm reading it last second Montas is last year acquisition before the trade deadline and was a disaster at the end of the season. Always hurt. That's right. So now he was actually more, probably four after Severino, probably four, but still. Yeah, I got my, I got my, I got my name screwed up. Rodon is who I'm thinking of. Right. Carlos Rodon. For a minute there in in my head, I'm going, this, did they just, yeah, right. Thank God. Still though, Still a bad, bad acquisition. Still a bad acquisition. Still bad news, too. So again, February 21st, Montas will have the shoulder surgery. It's been something that has bothered him. It was apparently a problem when they acquired him. He pitched through it a little bit. was never really that effective. And now they'll miss him for what could be the entire season. One less arm that they have to their avail. But yes, I I feel a little bit better now that... Dean Han got me back on track with this. All right, 800-919-3776 is. Now, we're getting to some baseball on the Mets side of things. In audio files at the bottom of the hour, we'll hear from Buck Showalter and Verlander. And and I talked to my boy, Steve Gelbs, Gelbsy from SNY. He's down in Port St. Lucie, and uh, they expect to talk to Scherzer today as well. And I think we we'll try to get Stevie on uh, in the 2 o'clock hour, and we'll catch up on all things Mets as well. So lots to get to here with you, but we do have some calls. As I asked a simple question on Jalen Brunson, Jalen Brunson is the best Knicks point guard since, and I want to see you guys fill in the blanks. Omar and Queen, start us off. Omar. Uh-oh. Omar's fighting somebody. Omar, are you good? Oh, boy. He got into it with somebody. DJ and Hillside. DJ. Yeah, man. Uh, 
I got to say, it's got to be Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson was, was dynamic in the, with the Knicks. And I'm not even a Knicks fan. I'm a Chicago Bulls fan. But I would say Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson was a distributor. He made big plays. And he really helped the Knicks. You know, he helped the brand. Mm, he helped Patrick Ewing as well. I'll tell you what, you know, DJ, Mark Jackson is the last point guard to make an all-star team on the Knicks. It's a true story. 89. I was a senior in high school. Joey in Staten Island. Joey. I might not get the bicycle. Wow, we're getting a lot of people in the middle of conversations. Joey. All right. Let's try Willie in Manhattan. Willie. Han Solo. What's, What's up, good? man? How, How you doing? doing? I'm good, Willie. All right. And the only reason why I'm going to say this, and the only reason why I'm going to say this, Chris Childs, because in the middle of half court in L.A., he two-piece, God rest his soul, Kobe Bryant, and he was ready for war against anybody in the NBA. Holla back. All right, Willie. Yeah, I mean, Chris Childs, love him. That was a it was, that was one of those moments that will live forever, of course, uh, that that altercation. He, he brought toughness, no doubt about it. But you want to go back to Chris Childs? Okay, you can go back to Chris Childs. Call him in the Bronx. Call him. Uh, what's up, Han Solo? So, just really quick with the question you had, um, he's the best point guard since Paul Clyde Frazier, let's be honest. Wow. Everyone you're going to name in between them, I would say Jalen Brunson is better. But another point that you were making with, with the Knicks, you know, possibly playing the Cavs, I think that's best-case scenario. You look, at, you look at the whole landscape of the East, and clearly there's, there's four teams that are, that are going to stay in, that, in the top four spot that you just mentioned previously with the Celtics down to the Cavs. But the Knicks, you could say, are, are, could be better than all the other teams, and they can move up to that fifth seed. And that's very doable. And I love the acquisition of Hart. I think the combination now of, your, of the four wings that they have with Grimes, RJ, um, Hart, and when quickly plays a lot of the two as well, when Brunson's out on the floor. You, now, you have that rota- now you have a rotation which whichever guy is playing at their best is the one that, that finishes the game down the stretch, and you're not relying on keeping Grimes out there when he doesn't have it or keeping R.J. Barrett out there when he doesn't have it. It's, it's, it's very good, and I think this, is, this puts them to a level where they can get to a fifth seed and possibly win a, win a round. And yeah, their best chance. We could have said a week ago. Yeah, I mean, Colin, their their best chance to win a playoff series probably if they get the fifth seed and and face the Cavs. That's their best chance. Now, I'm not guaranteeing anything, but I'm saying their best chance would be that. The other matchups would go. Would be, I mean six, seven, eight? If they finish any of those spots, just don't see it. But they'd have a chance in a series like that. All right, Charlie and Greenwich. Charlie, what do you got? I got Clyde. I mean, the guy could. He was swishing. He was dishing. Oh yeah. And they, they actually won a champ. They actually won a championship with Clyde. They won two. Whereas they won two exactly, mm-hmm. and they actually got to a third with him as well True. against the Lakers. Mm-hmm. But let's face it, they have not won with anyone else. So it's so facto. Okay, Clyde. I got you. All right, that's a good one. I mean, that's that's really where you got to go with it. You know, like I mean, if you think about it, Derek Harper got them to a finals. Great pickup. Great pickup. I mean, that's certainly a name that you could throw out there. But what Brunson is doing, you know, offensively, leadership, all the things that he's brought, he's brought. You know, like Marbury brought the numbers. He, he Marbury scored like crazy. He just didn't win. So he's doing the scoring and winning. 
And, you know, you'd be hard-pressed to find another point guard in the history before, you know, after, of course, Walt. You go to Clyde, and then there's everybody else. So what he's doing is, is obviously special. Uh, Jose in Brooklyn. Jose. Uh, hey, what's up, Alan? Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. Thanks, man. Shout-out, uh, Bart. Um, one question, first of all. Uh, are you going to run the power hour at 2 o'clock? See, we're trying to figure out what to do with the power hour. Because for me, I don't want to do it. Like, it's not for me to yell power hour. And I was thinking, do I? Do, it, do we get the callers? Do we get a caller to do it? I, I was trying to get Don LaGreca to do it, but he's on Vancouver. We can't make him do it from Vancouver, although we probably could hear him. But it's like I was thinking of a special guest power hour. Like, could someone come in? and Like, is like is, does Peter Rosenberg, is he getting here early enough that he could jump in and give us a little power hour? Like, that's what I'm trying to figure out is who could we find – that could step in for Bart today, or we could always just play Bart, you know, doing it like yesterday, which was an that, epic That yesterday. works, too. That works, too. Yeah, that so works. A quick point about the um, NY team's quickest to win a championship, I'd have to say it's between the Yankees and Mets, and it's probably no one else because, like, what else do we have here in New York? The Jets are still a quarterback away. Hmm. The Giants are, you know, in a, in a rebuild, sort of. Sort of. Yeah. Maybe the Rangers. So you put. So you have. Who do you have then? Is the the most likely? It's got to be the Mets. The Mets. It's got to be Mets, and then the Yankees, and then from there it's just a free for all, I guess. Yeah, three is the. You know what, Jose? I'm glad you brought it up. Let's get into that right now. All right, we got calls eight hundred nine nine three seven seven six. But let's do this as well, because I want to do another top five list for you, and let's do it right now. This is you know where you're at that point. As I mentioned, after the Super Bowl ended. Like, we have now reached the 11th anniversary of New York having zero championships. To the top, again, it's the big four sports. Zero championships. And so we once again, as the Nets blew up their team, so now you have two of the biggest stars in Kyrie and KD gone, that eliminates them now, right? You thought they had a shot. Vegas had them as a, as a championship contender. That has now disappeared. That's gone. So they're off the table. So now let's reset it, look at our teams, and go, so who gives us the best chance? Who's going to – like the, the, the Chiefs having their Super Bowl victory parade as we speak right now in Kansas City, right now. And we have not had one down the Canyon of Heroes in over a decade. So here's the question, the top five. I'll give you mine, and you can tell me if you agree or disagree. At number five, I have the Giants. Now, <laughs> you could say, wait a minute, they're in a rebuild. Yeah. But it's the NFL. You can turn things around quickly. They do have some pieces. And we know one thing, one of the most important pieces, they have a head coach. They have a really good head coach. So that's why I have them at five. At four, I have the Jets. Again, you look at me and go, the Jets? The Jets haven't made the playoffs in a decade. How could you possibly have them as fourth in all of our teams as as the best chance to win a championship? Because you never know. You get a quarterback. You have this defense. You have the, the the young weapons you have. It's the NFL. And, of course, the Aaron Rodgers things hangs out there as well. Because if Aaron Rodgers comes here, they might skyrocket up this list from four. All right, at number three, where do I go? The New York Rangers. They went to the conference finals last year. They've got depth. They've got the goalie. What they have to deal with, of course, is the big bad Bruins. I mean, they clearly are the most dominant team in the league. So can they overcome the Bruins in the playoff series? I don't know. 
but I have to put him among New York teams, third. So who's number two? For me, the Yankees. And why? Well, both baseball teams are going to be in the top two. So you already know who my number one is. But the Yankees have the lineup. They have the pedigree. They have all the reasons why they should have a chance to win a championship. They spent. They have some pitching. What they don't have that really concerns me is a closer. That's the biggest concern. Now, have teams won a championship with the committee closer? It can happen. But we all know that you still got to know at the end of the game because it's a crucible at the end of games. We know this. You got to have a closer. And I don't know if they do. The rules changes could affect things as well for the Yankees, some of the stuff they're going to do, how will Lewisica handle the pitch clock, all this stuff. Like, I don't know if I completely trust the Yankees, but they have to be on the list because eventually they got to get over the Astros thing, don't they? They have to get over it somehow, some way. The number one, yeah, the Mets. For several reasons. Owner, clearly willing to spend whatever it takes. They have the highest payroll in the sport. They will, even at the trade deadline, I don't think he'll spare an expense. If there's a piece to get, they'll go get it. They do have a closer. That's important as well. Now, you could say that Scherzer and Verlander are old, and maybe it's, you know, how do we know they're going to hold up? Well, I know that they have mostly held up. Now, Scherzer last year, yeah, you should be concerned. But they still have on paper the pitching that you need. The offense, it went in the tank at the end of last season. And you say, do they have enough? Do they have enough power? But if you can't shift against teams anymore, which baseball is taking away, and so it's all about balls in play now. Well, the Mets were very good, actually, at that. They were seventh in the league in the uh, in the bat bip. <laughs> I laugh because it sounds funny, but it's true. The ball's in play. They can do that. So you might not have to be a full power team anymore if you can just put balls in play, runners on base, and, and, and score runs that way. So while you're concerned with what the offense looked like down the stretch last year, and you can say they didn't even win their division, and you could say the NL East is tough. Yes, Phillies got to the World Series. The Braves are the Braves. Like you, this is not, it's a gauntlet. But the Mets have enough. And for most of last season, they were proving that. And the rules changes might work to their advantage. Every team's going to have that concern about the following year. And can they do it again? It's a marathon. We know this. But I look at what the owner did in the offseason. He was willing to spend. I look at a trade deadline where there's always players available if you're willing to spend. I don't think he's ever going to hesitate to try to win a championship. The one thing about the Yankees and the Steinbrenners is, while for the most part they don't hesitate, they do dial it back. They are a lot more conservative than ever before. And that always makes you wonder, would they be willing to be all in to win a championship? Or will they kick the can down the road saying we want to protect prospects, we want this, we want that. Now, the question marks for both teams are obvious. I mean, I don't. you don't need me to tell you. Shortstop for the Yankees, third base for the Mets. You can even have, you know, Aaron Hicks. Like, there's a lot of question marks. And I say closer. I still think closer is a question mark that needs to be answered. But these are the two teams that, as the season begins, they're our best bet. Could they meet in the World Series together? At least that would guarantee us a championship. But they both, can they get there? They both have the ability to get there and have the first Subway Series in 23 years. But the best chance for us to end an 11-year drought, and you can say, well, cities have gone longer than that without a championship. How many cities have two of everything? 
two of everything. Not many. And so this is the chance to end it. The Mets and the Yankees this season. But after that, Rangers, and then we'll see what the Jets and the Giants can deliver us as well. Obvious teams not on the list. The other two hockey teams. Is it disrespectful to the Devils who've had a great year? Not really, because there's they don't have the experience. The goalie, they're two-star players. They, they haven't had that playoff experience to tell me, well, they've been there, done that. How can I believe in them? The Islanders, they've that window might be closing. I mean, their coach right now, Lane Lambert, took over for uh, Barry Trotz. His team is just a different-looking team. They don't have that same grit, determination. They don't play defense nowhere near. I mean, what happened to Adam Pellick? What happened to, to Ryan Pollock? Those two guys were supposed to be the best defensive pair in the league. And right now, they don't look the same. What's missing from that team? Aside from Cal Clutterbuck and that identity line no longer being what it used to be. Did the window close on this team that got to two Final Fours? Two conference championship rounds couldn't get to the Stanley Cup Finals. I love that team. I do. But I just don't see it because of the way they're playing. They're not going to play the playoffs this year. How can we expect them to do more? And then, of course, there's the Knicks and the Nets. The Nets just sold off their stars. They gave away their chance to win a championship. The Knicks, well, while they're a good competitive team, they're still miles away from what the Celtics and the Bucks are from what the Denver Nuggets are. They're still building to something. They're not there yet. They're not in the conversation as being there yet. So you can't include them. You can't put them above the five that I gave you. But I'll give you the opportunity to do it. 800-919-3776. You certainly can argue and make the argument. But my list, top five New York teams, have the best chance to win the next title. Mets, Yankees, Rangers, Jets, Giants. And the asterisk is on the Jets because of the Aaron Rodgers saga, of course. 800-919-3776. Let's grab a couple more calls here. I know you wanted to fill in the blanks on the the Jalen Brunson is the best Knicks point guard since. So let you finish it. Kevin in Long Island. Yo, it's good. It's good, Aaron. What's good? People are, you, are you basing this off of drafted or group? No, no, no. It was just, just in time. general. Like the best performing oh, point guard they have had. Man, you know that has to go to Hot Rod, Rod, Rod Strickland. Mm. That has to go to Rod Strickland. He didn't get a chance to apply that craft here. But could you imagine if they had decided to trade Mark J, mm. overweight Mark Jackson, instead of Rod Strickland? Yeah. So I still can't stand. Who was the GM that did that? Was that he, Bianchi? Check it or Tapscott. That, that, it wasn't. That, no, it wasn't Tapscott. It wasn't Tapscott. Um, it might have been Bianchi, but it uh, who came after him, I believe, was Dave Checkets, right? So might have been Dave Checkets. Yeah, I, I think. Might, I don't think it was Checkets. I don't think it was Checkets because this was. They, remember, he he uh, he 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 kicked the towel. He was so frustrated. He got taken out of the game. Stu Jackson was the coach, and they ended up moving him because he yeah. got taken out of a game. It's too bad because the two of them, if they could have figured out how to play together, like could have been special. But you could just see the friction. They both wanted the basketball. It's a different time. In today's game, today's game, Kevin, those two could have been, oh, man, they could have been dominant in today's game. But it's just a much different look. Robert and Windanch. Robert. Hey, uh, hi, uh, Han, um, long-time listener, second-time caller, I guess. Thank you. Um, I'm thinking that since, even though Charles got us the championship of 99, I'm looking at Derek Harper. 
I know we didn't get the full Derek Harper, but he was good enough to be gritty and stuff. I don't know. He, no, I'll tell you what. Him right now. Robert, I'll tell you what. Derek Harper in 94, if the Knicks have won, won that championship somehow, some way, he would have been the finals MVP. That, 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 I mean, no one disputes that. He would have been the finals MVP. That's for sure. Tyreen in Staten Island. Tyreen. Yeah. Um, well, my my top five, I know you guys aren't looking at the girls much, but the Liberty team has an all-star team like going up this year. That's true. And to me, the, the, new, uh, the New York, New Jersey, Gotham, the girls, they didn't even make the playoffs. And I believe they got a shot at doing it, how they changed their team around too. But I no one gives them their props. They, yeah, I don't know that. Yeah, they're the girls. Yeah, they're the girls' soccer team. Soccer, yeah, that's that's the thing. Tyreen, I appreciate the call. Like, like I said, I was going with the majors, obviously NBA, uh, MLB, NHL, NFL. I, I made that specific because, yeah, obviously the Liberty. I mean, they're stacked. That that, that team is absolutely stacked. Uh, Justin's in the car. Justin. Hey, Alan. Thanks for taking my call. Yo, what's up? Hey, I uh, just wanted to give a little perspective. I'm a Titans fan living in New Jersey, hearing a lot of talk about uh, Tannehill versus Garoppolo versus Carr. Uh, and I know there's a lot of debate of which, if any of those, would be the better quarterback or the best quarterback if the Jets can't get Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. None of them are Aaron Rodgers. Of course. But I do think, having watched Tannehill the last few years, that he's the best fit for what the Jets want to do because they play a very similar style that the Titans teams have the last two or three years when they've been in the AFC Championship, the divisional round, mm-hmm. playing good defense, running the ball with Derrick Henry. I think the Jets want to do the same kind of thing with Brees Hall, but have more weapons on the outside than the Titans have had. Tannehill brings something to the table that Carr and Garoppolo don't, which is a little bit of mobility, which you need in today's NFL. He can play that play action and convert some of those third downs on the outside. Now, now, while I agree with you that I, I think Tannehill ends up being, you know, like the the, the probably the the option for the Jets. You know, we are wondering though if you're as a Titans fan selling me Tannehill so you can get Aaron Rodgers. Be honest. No, no, I I, I don't think the Titans are built right now to win. Now they've lost too much their offensive line. Really, that. I actually think the yeah. yeah they, tell you, they, Justin, there's a lot of speculation that he's going to end up in Nashville. Where he's got a home. I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to turn down uh, Aaron Rodgers, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> but that's what I'm, I'm not going to turn down Aaron Rodgers. Oh, but hell I don't. No. I don't think. The, I don't. I don't think the uh, the offensive line is built to protect them right now. They need to re- really beat that up. And I think the Jets, un- unlike the Titans, are built to win now. If they can get Aaron Rodgers, great. If they can't, I think that Tannehill, with those pieces, mm-hmm. has shown that he can take care of the football. You know, he's had a few. You know. One-off games the last year against the Bengals in the playoffs was no good. But other than that, he's not going to make lemonade out of lemons, but he can take that lemonade and not spill it all over the place like the Jets quarterbacks <laughs> have in the last few years. Yeah, I mean, again, it also be about where he wants to go. And thanks for the call, Justin. I just feel like Tannehill becomes sort of the consolation because if the Titans are going to wait and then they end up getting Rodgers, who could very well – he could go there. A lot of people think that could be where he wants to go. Then obviously they got to do something with Tannehill, and then the Jets are oh, that's the consolation prize. And for a lot of Jets fans, you're like, that's it, that's who we're getting. And I told you, but he's still capable. It might not be a headline, he might not be the top top shelf name, but it's still way better than the quarterback play you had a year ago. Now, are you settling? Yeah. 
but are you willing to wait and let Derek Carr go somewhere else and let Jimmy G sign somewhere else? Are you willing to wait for the possibility of getting Rodgers with the consolation of, uh, of Ryan Tannehill, or do you think it's better to just say, I can't risk it, so I got to get the second best guy available, and then you decide whether it's, of course, Jimmy G or Derek Carr. And then, of course, they got to want to come to you as well. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Thanks for listening to the Bart and Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. Right now, it's a good time as we, you know, Players are starting to arrive for spring training. You have your pitchers and catchers, position players as well uh, later this week. As we get into the baseball, and today, by the way, if you're outside, I mean, it's like 60 degrees. It's beautiful in New York City. It feels like spring, a little bit, even though it's still February. But with that in mind, let's step aside and let the headline makers do the talking in a segment we like to call Audio Files. The Audio Files. Dina Han reminded me I forgot the gong part. Can't do it all today. All right, let's begin. Let's see. I'm going to save that one for the end. Let's begin with Buck Showalter. Tell us, Mets manager, what this season is all about. I think we'll seek our level. I just don't feel confident we'll seek our level, whatever it may be. Whatever the game and health, there's a lot of things that go into it. But, you know, I just want to feel confident we're going to be as good as, as we're capable of being. That's what we're, we're trying to press and we're trying to set here. You know, what it is, I'm as curious as you are to find out what it is. 100 games hard, you know. Is our season a, a failure if we win 90? Whatever number you want to come up with. It's about the end game. And initially it's about when trying to figure out a way to be better in four teams. Well, it's the end game is about winning a championship. Does that sound like a guy that is trying to tamp down expectations? Yeah, we'll see where we go. We'll see if we find our level. What is the Mets ceiling? Well, when you spend the money that they spent, it should be a championship. And you get a guy like Justin Verlander, you add him to Max Scherzer, and then you've got yourself two. These are name brand pitchers. 
that have pitched in big games, big spots, big moments. They've won the biggest, the highest level. That's it. You run into every fight with guys like that leading the way. You got to feel pretty good about your chances. But one reminder is, you know, they've been doing it for a really long time. And they're both old. Justin Verlander is well aware of what people are saying about him and, you know, 40. And he feels like, looking at Tom Brady, looking at other athletes, he's still got plenty left. I think I'm, I'm constantly adapting, always seeking out new information with the end goal of that information being I can carry my career as long as I possibly can and, and stay at my peak for as long as I possibly can. You know, you've seen some guys in, in the history of our sport and other sports that have been able to carry it well into their 40s and I don't see why not. You know, so with that in mind, it's like, let's not sell myself short, work just as hard as I ever have, work harder than I ever have. I mean, it doesn't get easier, but I think, you know, the old adage, work smarter, not harder, is something that pops in my mind. I think once you start knowing your body and routine so well you can fine-tune it very easily and kind of ebb and flow and adapt try new things see what works and that's really it I mean there's so much more information coming out now with analytics and in the weight room and in the training room there's just uh, you're inundated with new opportunity and I love the opportunity to learn and, and see what works and what doesn't and I'm not afraid to try new things and see what sticks not afraid to try new things well the big 4-0 awaits him in just a couple of days February 20th he turns the big 4-0, but he sounds like, doesn't matter, ready to go, feeling good. And that's, the, again, any concern about them is that, is the age of it. But Verlander is excited. This is a new opportunity for him in the big city, of course. He was in Houston, had great success there. But before that, we remember he was in Detroit, Bart's hometown, the Detroit Tigre. And he and Max Scherzer... And think about that pitching line. That, that group, they had such great pitching on that team. And these two guys, he and Max Scherzer, went on to do great things separately away from Detroit. And now they are reunited in New York. And for Verlander, it feels so good. Oh, great. I'm uh, I'm really excited. We we sat down for lunch yesterday, talked for a little bit. We've been working out a lot together. Um, well, in the same gym, we kind of we kind of have a separate routine. But I mean, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to being here with him again. We're obviously in different situations in our lives. And, you know, I think we could both look back at our time in Detroit together. And, you know, we had such an incredible team and weren't able to achieve the ultimate goal. So hopefully, um, you know, reunited here, we can achieve that. And that would be, of course, exactly what the Mets were hoping for when they made the deal to bring in Verlander and reunite him with Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer, by the way, is supposed to speak today, and Steve Gelbs of SNY is going to join us in the 2 o'clock hour, and uh, hopefully it'll be after he speaks with uh, Scherzer, and we can get the latest, of course, from him as well. One other thing, too, because I love – Showalter's one of those guys. I can listen to him talk baseball all day. Like He's just easily one of those people that you can listen to talk about. It's like Hubie Brown talking basketball. Like, there's certain people I can listen to you all day, and Showalter's one of them. So there's rules changes. There's some changes to the game that we will see this year at the major league level. There's the pitch clock. There's there's the, the the um what would you call it? What is it? It's basically the defense, right? You, you can't have shifts. They, they take the shift out. But there's also bases that are now 18 inches square. Pizza boxes, basically. And here's Buck Showalter on these new sized 
basis. You know, the one that, that kind of caught me off is how different the bags look. I didn't think that inches would matter as much. That is, for people that have looked at bases their whole life, to see them out there different, it's a different look. Even today, covering first base and some of the pitchers we're talking about, a different feel and look going over to cover it. First baseman have been talking about difference it makes. I think that may have a little more impact than I initially thought. Something that looks and feels so much different, not so much, but different, be like you know making the rubber bigger or the plate bigger when you're used to doing something for a lot of years it's a different look certainly is it's a whole lot of uh phrasing in there inches do make a difference buck clearly um more from buck showalter this is on more of the changes to the game including you know, banning the shifts and uh, the pitch clock. There's a lot of unknown about the shifts. I, I think we're all going to be fascinated by how that plays out. I asked a question about a hitter of ours yesterday in our meetings that everybody assumes that the shift, lack of shift, will help them. I said, Do you think it'll help them or hurt them? Now, somebody that can handle a bat, you really almost wish they would shift, wouldn't you? So by not being able to shift, will that hurt them or help them? I've been thinking about that lately. The uh, pitch clock is, you know, we, we're doing some things with uh, drills today with that in mind about signals that you're giving for instance first and third first and second trail runner lead runner infield depths there's a lot of stuff that the catcher gives sometimes infielders give that you're going to have to speed up the process and, and figure out a way to do it quicker so you don't get charged you got x amount of time to do it in so i'm kind of looking forward to this i really am i just feel like that some of these changes are going to create some excitement in the game and that includes what he just explained there the defense, they can still move. They just have to wait for the pitch to be thrown and shift and move. Like, there's going to be different coverages. The communication's more important. Ball in play, that could obviously be a huge difference where you have more action. These rules, to me, are something I'm excited about for the coming season. And I just wonder if there's one that stands out to you. The bases, when we all see them, we're all going to have that same reaction like he did. It's just I didn't realize they are going to look that starkly different. So you'll have that, of course, to begin with. But I just think the clock, not being able to shift, how much that will impact the game and, and impact the action and activity in the game. All right, we continue with audio files. So as we mentioned at the top of the hour, and I I'm, I have like so many different names in my brain right now, and it's incredible because Carlos Rodon was the offseason acquisition to be the number two pitcher next to Garrett Cole. And for a second as I'm looking at Twitter and I see news about Frankie Montas needing surgery – I'm like, wait a minute. And then you realize, no, no, Montas was last year's acquisition. He was supposed to be the number two. He was really mostly number two when he pitched. But he he now needs surgery. February 21st, he'll have the surgery uh, on his shoulder, which they knew they had the shoulder issue, which he'd been dealing with last year as well. I mean, it's not really a great acquisition here, was it? But here's Aaron Boone just talking about the Montas situation. It's been a couple of different shutdowns where he was getting built up. Then he went out and saw Elitraj, who cleared him to, to go again. He was building back up, and it just still wasn't quite right. So went back, and now we've gotten to the point where they're going to go in, and they'll scope it, and we'll have a better idea of the time frame once that happens on the 21st, and then hopefully he's here a few days later. Now, they get him right, the most important part of it. It's just, can they get him right, and then he's useful to you at some point this season? That still remains to be seen. And we'll see what happens here as well. So, bottom line is they have still a strong number one, number two. You have Severino. But Montas was somebody that you were hoping to pencil in somewhere. They still knew he was going to miss some time at the start. But Jeff Passon said he could miss the whole season. But the hope is that he doesn't. 
now we'll have to just monitor this, but you talk about a midseason acquisition that completely went in the tank. It's this one. Remember Luis Castillo? They decided not to get him. Look back and wonder if if that was the right decision or not. Last but not least in audio files, Mariano Rivera was on Fox 5. And I love the question that was asked because we all know that last year, Narcos, Timmy Trumpet, Edwin Diaz, he was phenomenal. That was a new thing. It was his entrance, the song, the whole thing. Everybody got excited about it. And that's great. The question was asked to Mo was, you know, what do you think of comparisons for what Diaz has going on these days compared to, of course, the Metallica Enter Sandman that was a trademark of Rivera's Hall of Fame career? There's no comparison with that, you know. That song was there for 17 years and many championships, so there's no comparison. No comparison. He doesn't even hesitate. There is none. And, I mean, he does have a point. I mean, my song was played when we were winning championships. This is cute. And let's also, let's just quick compare the two songs. Enter Sandman is gritty, grimy. It's it's like, it's intense. It's exactly the moment. The door opens, he walks out. Enter Sandman. Like, it gets you fired up, but you know something sinister's coming. Right? It, listen to this. I mean, you hear, like, this is what you want when your closer's coming in to shut down the opponent. Sends a message. Now, let's compare that, of course, to Edwin Diaz when he comes in the game and it's like the trumpets come out and there's Mr. Met and he's dancing. Now, this sounds cool, but I mean, do you feel like, like, are you intimidated by this song? Especially when you see a whole bunch of people holding plastic trumpets and Mr. Met and his dopey big head dancing around? I don't know. This sounds more like a little bit of a party. So I agree with Mo. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. A couple of uh, just interesting newsy items. So ESPN announced today, ESPN Films, uh, the Yankees win is going to be this eight-part documentary. So uh, according to the press release, it brings to life the storied history of the most famed franchise in sports. Most famed. Take that, Dallas Cowboys. 50 years after the larger-than-life George Steinbrenner bought the club, his legacy has transformed, I'm just reading the press release, uh, the mere notion of sports ownership forever. That's a good point. Did Steinbrenner really change 
ownership and how you own teams and personalities and ownership. I wonder. Um, so it's in partnership with Major League Baseball, and they've got like all kinds of archives and everything else. I love that they call it the Yankees win. The Yankees win. Um, so they've got it's get eight part documentary on the Yankees. So it chronicles every compelling chapter of Yankees history, successes, controversies, rivalries, stars, feuds, and the collective legacy. Whether and this is the press release says whether you root for them or love to root against them, the Yankees are more decorated than any other team in sports. And no team has embodied as many unforgivable, unforgettable, unforgivable. Well, Frankie Montas, unforgivable, unforgettable stories and sagas throughout their rich history. So there'll be more details of it to be announced. But still, the Yankees win. ESPN Films is going to have this eight-part documentary about the Yankees. So certainly can look forward um, to that. Did you also see this? This was this was went viral on social media. Um, Apparently, during the Super Bowl on Sunday, you know, people were on a JetBlue flight, and this guy took a picture of the cabin, and basically every TV but one was on the Super Bowl. Like, the Super Bowl got a—I re- mean, seriously, like, like obviously, you know, 100 million people are watching the Super Bowl. And the entire plane has the game on their little, little screens you have on the back of the seat, except one guy. What was the one guy watching? The movie Hitch. <laughs> and so, like the guy said in his tweet that it's got over 3 million views, this tweet. And it said, the guy watching Hitch on this plane should be jailed, a menace to society. How do we feel about that? Like, you know, like, don't you feel like he probably is watching the Super Bowl on some screen? Because right next to you is your, you know, whoever's sitting next to you. You can see what's going on in the game on that screen while, you know, enjoying uh, a little, you know, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Hitch all those, or whatever else you want to watch. All of those people that were on Kevin a James. flight, on a flight mm-hmm. during the Super Bowl. Well, they're, yeah, that's. I mean, you got to travel when you got to travel, but right. still, probably not the biggest, you know, football fans. I would Do you imagine. Feel like that the Super Bowl was top of mind. No, unless it's just that's the best that I could do. Let's get this flight. So, you're watching that, but I mean, still, every you got to see the picture. Every TV has the game. Every single one. Except this one dude. And there's Kevin Jane's face. I also don't ever trust anything out of social media. So who's to say they didn't stage that? Hey, you, let's, you think it was staged? You be the one guy. We'll turn one screen on not the Super Bowl and everyone will love it. Well, it worked. Hey, good for JetBlue. Yeah. What do we keep saying? JetBlue flight. JetBlue Jet flight. JetBlue flight. Jet flight. Yeah, that's true. It did get 3 million views. Now, it only got... Here's the weird thing. 3 million people actually viewed the tweet, but only 37.5 or 37,000 people liked it. He's so lazy you can't hit like. I guess if he didn't like it, there's a dislike button. Maybe then more people would have hit dislike. I don't know. But there's always that one that sits there and you're like, you're not going to watch Super Bowl? Like, no, nah, watch it on your screen. But if Hitch was like the choice, I mean, no other no other movies were available. JetBlue, it's all they're, they're all, all they're offering is Hitch. But still, I mean, a lot of people watched. And one guy decided, I'm going to watch Hitch instead. Maybe he was taking notes. You don't know. It's true. Learning how to dance. Learning how not to dance. Learning what not to do. It could be true. Maybe he was heading somewhere where he was going to go on a date and watch Hitch to just remember the rules and that Will Smith was going to teach him. Yeah, just a good thing nobody gave him the Will Smith treatment. Mm. 
maybe this guy who took the picture wanted to give him the Will, Will Smith treatment. Let's take Lou in North Carolina, Lou. Hey, Han. Uh, I just want to chime in on your list of the top five teams. Uh, I like all the teams you have in there, but I think the Rangers are actually the number one team. Rangers. And the reason why I say the reason why mm-hmm. I say the Rangers is they have one player that can actually determine the outcome of a series, and that's Igor Shosturkin. Shosturkin, yeah, a top two, top two goalie. Um, you know, one thing about baseball, you can have a hitter that gets hot that hits four ten for a series, but if the people in front of them and behind them don't do anything, and the pitchers don't do their job. They're not really contributing. Mm-hmm. But the Rangers have a top-two goalie on their team, and you can make the case for number one between him and Vasilevsky. Igor Shosturkin can carry them to uh, a Stanley Cup, especially this year. You have the young guys really flourishing, like Kedel, Keandre Miller. Yep. Adam Fox is probably the smartest defender in the NHL. And you have a top-solid top-nine, and with Tarasenko, that solidifies the top six. Yeah, and that, now you have the best goalie in the league. That gave you uh, depth. I mean, that that, that move closer. gave you depth. You know, that really did. Uh, look, we saw Hank do it. We saw Lundqvist do it in 2015. Like, we saw him carry them to a Stanley Cup final. So it is possible. But I just feel like when the when the Boston Bruins are, are in, your, not at your conference, if the Boston Bruins are in your league and the way they're playing these days, uh, they never lose at home, uh, it, it's just hard to say that they would have a better shot than your two baseball teams, which have a whole season to play, and both teams are, are are have you know two of the best rosters in the sport. Alex and Hopog, Alex. Hey guys, how are you doing? All right. Um. So my situation, like with the Mets being number one, I agree with the Mets being number one. It's just there's two pieces I think that are missing from here. It's mm-hmm. obviously the third base spot, yep. which they missed out on Correa, but it was better safe than sorry, and the DH because. With third base, you got Escobar, and then you got Brett Beatty, and the DH. I think most likely you got Volga back, and probably Francisco Alvarez. It's just, do you use those guys as a platoon for those two spots for now? Yes, and I also, you know, you got to know that the Mets, they just have this ability to find, like they they will. It's the to me, I look at the owner and I just say he's going to spend. So whatever the weaknesses are, now you mentioned third base. Third base, if if Beatty or Escobar don't turn into somebody you could trust on a regular on a regular basis, which again, you didn't know about Escobar last year, he really didn't give you reason to believe in him. And then Beatty's young, like so you don't know. But if they don't give you a reason by midseason, they'll find somebody. Like they, like there's not going to be a hesitation. There's no budget that says, oh no no, we're not going to do this. So they'll figure that part out. A DH, I don't know, is as critical, in my opinion. I don't think it's as critical. But yeah, I mean, look, every team has flaws. Every team has concerns. I'm making this list based on somebody's going to have to end this streak at some point. I mean, this is a drought now. We're at 11 years. That's my only point. Someone's going to have to end it. And so my question was, as we made this top five list, is that which team has the best chance? Which team is closest to being able to do it? I look at the Mets as that team. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN.